One question that probably unites every person, no matter where they're from, what their background is, or what they believe, is a question of what happens when we die? We all wonder this to some extent, whether we have some kind of religious background that teaches us something that will happen after death, or whether we come from a background where we don't believe in any kind of religious practices or beliefs, and we go, well, nothing happens. We all still wonder, because the truth is, none of us have experienced it yet, but all of us will. Death is the great equalizer. The author of Ecclesiastes wrote in chapter 9 that all share a common destiny. The righteous, the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good, so with the sinful, as with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. The author of Ecclesiastes makes the point that everyone dies. It doesn't matter if they are someone who did everything right, had the right way of living, or chose to completely rebel and be completely wicked. It doesn't matter if they were considered good. It doesn't matter if they were considered bad. Everyone dies. So even if you do all the right things, you live the right life, or if you rebel and are considered wicked, even if you are good, even if you are bad, even if you are clean or unclean, meaning you follow religious traditions and ceremonies, or you don't, or even if you offer sacrifice, so like even if you like give in church, or if you don't, all of us die. There is no stopping it ever. We may try to prolong it, but we don't stop it. Everyone dies. Death is the great equalizer. And because none of us have experienced it, we wonder what happens when we die. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be in this series called Heaven and Hell and Everything in Between. And we're exploring that question. Well, what happens? What is after life? But before we get into after life of what is heaven, hell, or whatever might there be, let's talk about right now. Let's talk about what is in between. What is life like in light of heaven or hell? So this week, I want to ask the question, does heaven ever come near? The first thing we answer is, how do we define heaven? So what is heaven? Or maybe rather, where is heaven? In week five of the series, we're going to talk more about heaven in particular, about what and where heaven may be. But for now, I want to go with this as a definition. Heaven is where God is. Heaven is where God is. So where God is present, that is heaven. And I know there might be a lot of questions around that, and you'll have to wait till week five, but we'll tackle that more then. But let's think about that in the idea of the Bible. If heaven is where God is, what does that mean for us on earth? Well, as some of you are familiar, Genesis 1 is this creation poem. And then in Genesis 2 and 3, there's this narrative of these first peoples, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve live in this Garden of Eden. And God dwells with them. He walks with them in this garden. Heaven is where God is, and in that moment, heaven meets earth. 
So at the very beginning of our Bibles, those of us who are from a Jewish background or from or are Christians would say, well, God is with people on earth, but if heaven is where God is, that's where heaven is as well. And if you follow the story into Genesis 3, you know that the story didn't stay good with God and the people on earth in heaven. In fact, there was a disconnect that the people choose to go their own way. They rebel, they eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they were not supposed to. And God casts them out east of Eden and the gates of Eden are closed. It says there are angels, cherubim, with flaming swords, not allowing people back to where God is, that spot of heaven on earth. And if we follow scripture throughout, in particular the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, we see how people are always trying to get back to Eden in some way, get back to where God is. And throughout the scriptures, there are these places or spaces where God is present with people and it's like heaven meets earth. In Celtic spirituality, they call this thin places or thin spaces. This idea that there are spots that you can go to where your encounter with God is deeper or more intimate than maybe average places. You probably have places like this even if you didn't have a word to describe them. For some of us, it might be a place like going to a church building. When we go on a Sunday morning, which many of us are looking forward to doing again soon, we have this encounter with God where we just feel like we're in a spiritual space. For others of us, it might be a museum where you're admiring beautiful works of art. Or maybe it's a concert. Or maybe it's out in nature, most of all. Where you are in the Creator's creation, and you can sense the place and presence of the Creator. In Celtic spirituality, these thin places were typically nature. They had an idea that oftentimes it was either a mountain or like where the horizon of the water and the sky meet is a place where you can be connected with God. So just being near that, you had a deeper sense of God's presence, that heaven and earth are meeting just a little bit more than in everyday life. Throughout scripture, we see this. You know, we see it in the story of Moses when he goes on to Mount Sinai and encounters God, or when he is at the burning bush. There are these places where God is present with him. We see it in the stories of the temple in the Old Testament, that God makes his dwelling in a spot, in a place to be and to encounter with people. We see it in the story of Elijah, and Elijah, when he escapes, when he runs away and flees for his life, he goes into a cave, into a mountain, and he encounters God in the silence there. These are thin places, places where people go to encounter God. You see it in the story of Jesus. You see it in Jesus when he, too, goes to the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, the story that comes up in the gospel stories, where Jesus actually encounters other biblical figures and is encountering God in those moments. Or even in his baptism, the story of his baptism in the Jordan River, where it seems like the heavens open and God is present in those moments. The Bible is full of stories where people go to places or enter spaces and they encounter God and where God is, is heaven, in a different way. But ultimately, it comes in the person of Jesus. 
For those of us who are familiar with the story of Jesus, we know that Jesus was the promised Messiah. He was the one who people were waiting for to rescue them from the realities of life not being the way it was supposed to be. The realities of sin, that broken relationship that happened in the Garden of Eden between God and people and creation. Jesus was coming to rescue and mend and reconcile that with us. And the only way anyone could do that was if God did it himself. And so we have this understanding that Jesus is God present in human form. Very nature God, very nature human. Jesus was a thin space. And to encounter Jesus, as we read through the New Testament, is to encounter heaven on earth. And in fact, it's what Jesus would proclaim. He would proclaim that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God was amongst them and it was coming. We all have thin places where we encounter God, just sometimes we're not as aware of it. As the story of Jesus unfolds, we see that Jesus goes to the cross, dies, and rises again for the forgiveness of our sins, but also so we can experience life in all of its fullness. And in doing so, the story in Matthew's gospel is that when Jesus breathes his last, when he dies on the cross, the temple curtain is torn in two. It was that place where God could be present with his people, and only very, very few people could enter. That curtain was now torn, and all people could experience this presence of God amongst them because of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy the person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. This is an amazing statement that Paul makes that part of the work, part of what happened with Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, is that we now have the Holy Spirit present with us. It was Jesus' promise to us that he would not leave us, and he leaves us with, God's presence in the Holy Spirit, that God is with his people always. And because he is with us, we in turn become the temple, that place where they understood that's where God would dwell. That's where we'd encounter God. Now we are where people encounter God. We are a thin place for people. Just as Jesus was for others, we too can be for others. We can be where heaven meets earth for people. There is nowhere that you can go that God is not already there. We are continuously encountering thin spaces that we occupy, that his creation is occupying, and we can encounter him at any time and help be an encounter for other people. You are God's temple. You are a thin space where heaven meets earth. Heaven is where God is, and God is with you. There's nowhere that you can go that God has not been.
So where are your thin places? Where are the places that you go to encounter that God who is already with you, but sometimes we're not fully aware of how close he is? Is it for you to go out in nature? Is it for you to go out maybe in your backyard like I am right now? Or maybe it's in the church building. Maybe it's in a crowded bus. We all have spaces and places where we encounter God differently than other places. Some of you might be your cottage or your vacation destinations. God is there because you can't go anywhere that God is not already been because he is with you. Heaven and earth are continuously meeting because of the God who came to earth in Jesus. And there are spaces and places for you to continuously encounter that God. And as we don't know what will happen when we die, what we can know for today is while we live, we can live in a relationship with that God who came in the person of Jesus and wants to continuously encounter us daily. So where are your thin places? I want to encourage you this week to find them. Maybe for you it is going for a walk in the woods. And you can spend your time in the woods praying. Maybe for you it's when you garden. Maybe for you it's in your, on your deck in your cottage. Wherever you find those thin places where it feels like God is ever so much closer to you than maybe when you're busy doing other things, go to that place this week. Spend time in that place. Encounter the God who wants to be with you and is with you. Take some time in those thin places this week. Let's pray. God, you are the God who encounters us. The God who comes from heaven and brings heaven to us to meet us. And in meeting us, we are made alive. I pray that those of us who are listening to this now are experiencing that life you offer. That Jesus, you came and offered life in all of its fullness. I pray we come to know that to be real and that to know that realness, to know that experience of fullness of life, we encounter you in the spaces and in the places where we can. Those thin places. Help us to go there this week, Holy Spirit, where we can meet you and know you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.